We cannot lose the oil because it is our light. Okay, this is important. I come back to this again. When I light the menorah, when I light the light, it shows me things that I cannot see otherwise. All right, it shows me things. It, it's revealing. So the purpose of being spirit-filled is so that you do not walk in darkness. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light, okay? So it's about seeing things and understanding things and praying in things. It's about knowing what to pray for and, 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 and when to pray for it. It's about knowing what to believe for, when to prophesy, when to, when to cast your net. When, when the Lord says, go to this table and share your story with somebody, it's about you hearing that and doing it. When the Lord says, I want you to buy that girl's groceries in the line behind you or in front of you, I just want you to buy them and say Merry Christmas. And because I'm telling you she needs it and she's struggling and she's worried, I want you to do that. Maybe some of you have done that before. When somebody, you can tell that somebody's struggling to pay for something and you said, listen, I just want to do this. This is, this is have a nice day, day. I want to do this. You don't need to know my name. It doesn't matter. But I just want to do something good today. Will you let me do this? I tell you what, you'll, you'll see a gratitude and an expression that you haven't seen in a long time. But that's the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says, go pay for that couple's meal that just ate because they need encouragement. And you go over there, you don't even have to go tell them anything. You go to the waitress and you pay for the meal. And then when they get their bill, they say, no, someone in this restaurant just paid for your meal. And you don't let the right hand know what the left hand did, but that's the Holy Spirit. And if we stop doing that, the world does not get the light and the love of God. If we stop being naturally supernatural, say that phrase with me, naturally supernatural. I want to give you one more phrase. So we need to be spiritual. We're going to try that again. Everybody say it with me. We need to be spiritual, not spooky. All right, you get that part? Let's say it again. We need to be spiritual, not spooky. All right, so we can be spirit-filled believers doing the work of Christ without scaring people to death. We can be spirit-filled people without thumping people over the head with a Bible and judging them and making them want to run from God. No, the love of God will draw them in, the light of God. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and come to Christ. That's what we need. Thank God for the holy huddle when we can lay hands on each other and act any way we want to. But there's a world out there that still needs the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's gonna come to them through your light and your love. The Holy Spirit reveals things to us, shows us things, and directs our steps because he's in our life. So I wanna read to you a couple of scriptures. 1 Corinthians 2 and 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Everybody say all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So if you want the spirit to search all things, the deep things of God, and reveal them to you, you have to walk in the spirit. 
You have, to, you, have to be, you have to keep the oil flowing. Otherwise, it's just a routine. Otherwise, it's just, I'm doing my devotion, check. I said my prayer, check. I went to church, check. Listen, there's a whole lot more to this than that. All of that can get boring. I'm just being honest with you. All of that can get boring. There are days that, that it's like, boy, I've got to get this prayer over with because I, I think i got to do it, but I don't really want to do it. No, and there's other times when you are so in love with Jesus that you can't wait to get in his presence and you can't, you'd never want to leave his presence. You know, I have, a, I have an office upstairs in our house, and, and my favorite days, and this happens more often than none, that when I walk into my office, I feel like he's waiting on me. It's like, I thought you'd never get here. I was with you when you slept. I was with you in your dream, but I want to talk with you. I thought you would never get here. Have you ever walked into your secret place and felt like he had been waiting in the waiting room for you? He had been waiting an hour for you just to show up, and when you you have those spirit-filled encounters you don't want to leave. I mean, it can turn into an hour or so, and it's like, no, I don't really want to go to that meeting. I want to stay here. This is a place of peace. This is a place of rest. This is a place of restoration and fulfillment, and you don't want to leave. That's what a spirit-filled life is supposed to feel like. So God revealed things to me. Let's go to, let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. We're still in chapter 2, but I'm going to go to the next two verses, 11 and 12. For what man knows the things of a man, wait a minute, he wants to reveal things to me about me? For what man knows the things of a man, not the things of God? The Holy Spirit wants to be a mirror. That's what the labor is all about. That's what sanctification is all about. The Holy Spirit wants to be a mirror that says, okay, before you start fixing somebody else, let's fix you. And when we fix you, we'll start fixing them. But we got to fix you first because you're so out of whack right now that, that I can't use you to fix this problem. Let's work on you, and then we'll work on everything else around you. And so look what happens here. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So if I want the Holy Spirit to reveal things to me, my spirit in me can reveal things about me and can reveal things about God to me. The reason that I walk in the Holy Spirit is not just so I can, I can scare devils off. That's a good thing. Thank God we got that benefit. But that's not what it's all about. It's not, you gotta, you gotta get out of battle mode. Battle mode is a huge distraction to joy. Battle mode is a huge distraction to peace. There's a time for all things. There's a time for war and there's a time for peace. There's a time to mourn and there's a time to dance. But if you stay in woe is me battle mode the rest of your life, you're going to miss the joys of the Lord that are waiting on you. There's so much more to you than overcoming something. There's about living as an overcomer, where is the joy? Where is the peace? Where is the overwhelming love that wants me to change the world? That's what being spirit-filled is really like. Yes, thank God for the, the gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit. That's how we minister in the body of Christ. But there's things out in this world that need to be attended to. And yes, you can use the spirit of discernment in the world and help people. You can. Have you ever prayed for a stranger before? Because I've prayed for strangers on planes, Walmart. 
I mean, I've been, I've, I didn't know if I was going to embarrass them. I don't do, I don't make a habit. I'm not like a Walmart evangelist, you know. I'm not, I'm not that. I'll five somebody, bring me the oil. That's not me. But if the Holy Spirit tells me to pray for somebody, I've so many times, my wife has witnessed this, where I would just go sit by somebody in a restaurant and say, I know you don't know me, but can I just say a prayer over you? And sometimes they say yes, and sometimes they say no. If they say no, I say, all right, man, that's okay. Here's what they don't know. Anytime they tell me no, I pray 10 times harder for them. That last girl that turned me down at Walgreens, she don't know that I prayed for her for two days. So I don't know what, she might be a, she might be a missionary today. I don't know. But she wouldn't let me pray for her at Walgreens just a few months ago. But what she didn't know is that rejection made me pray 10 times harder for her. So what man knows the things of God? Okay, let's, let's look at one more while we're here. 1 Corinthians 14 and 2, and 2. For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks what? Mysteries. Wow. God is revealing things that I don't understand. Things that I, I need to know that I don't know. God is revealing to me. That's why the Lord says that God will bring your enemies before you and they'll flee seven ways. Because sometimes the person you think is your enemy is not your enemy. And sometimes the person you think is your friend is not your friend. But the Holy Spirit will show you the difference. The person, the Holy Spirit will say, listen, don't judge this person. They really do like you. They're just having a hard time right now. They're in a, they're in a tough season right now. And so Somebody else that's, that's got a different motive, he'll show you that as well. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com. Or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you and God bless you. And may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to hope in the word. Jude 1 and 20. But you beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So me praying in the Holy Spirit, if I'm full of the oil of God, me praying in the Holy Spirit is lighting this lamp. Now I can see, now I can see the light is on. I'm no longer, well, one of the light just went out, but the rest of them are on. Now I can see, here you go. Somebody needed to see your filthy rag here. So there you are. I'm putting you back in there. A smoking flax we will not quench tonight. So we're putting it back in there. Now get this. I turned the light on. Now I see everything. I just turned the light on. The Holy Spirit, I'm praying on the Holy Spirit. I see mysteries unfolding. I see directions. I start to get my joy. I start to get my energy. I start to get my praise back. I start to get my prayer back. Everything inside of me is coming alive because I was trying to operate in spiritual things, but my reservoir was getting low. So how do I keep it full? Dr. B, you said, you said that we have to keep the oil in there, and that's a metaphor. So how do I realistically and practically, how do I keep my oil full? Well, that's where we have to go to the tabernacle to show you that. So let's go to the tabernacle, and I want to show you in my closing how you keep it full. Now, this is the tabernacle. You've got the brazen altar in the outer court. You've got the laver in the outer court, all right? That's repentance 
and that's cleansing up my life, God cleaning up my life. That's what happens when I first get saved. And sometimes you gotta go back to that laver over and over and over for God to keep cleansing you. But now I'm getting into rooms of gold. And in this room of gold, he has given me three things. I'm trying to get to the mercy seat. I'm trying to get to the glory. I'm trying to get to, so the Bible says in Hebrews that this is a throne of grace that leads to mercy. So the number of grace is five, right? So I have five stations that I have to go through to get to the Lord. I go to, I get saved, I get sanctified, and sanctified, and sanctified, and sanctified. And now, how do I fill up my oil? Three things. Prayer, praying in the spirit, and, and worship. No, excuse me, and the, and the word of God. So I've got the word of God. Now, when we put all those together, that's what we call worship. So let me do it on this side so you guys can see it easily too. Now over here, we've got the brazen altar. We've got the laver. Now I've got the table of shoe bread. That's the word of God. I have to eat that every day because it has to be changed every single day. I have the, I have the menorah that has to be filled with oil twice a day. So I'm filling that up so because it has to burn day and night continually before the Lord. And then I have the altar of incense. But if I want to go into the Holy of Holies, you know what I have to do to go in the Holy of Holies if I was the high priest? I'd have to start back here. I would get a coal from the brazen altar and put it in a censer. I take that coal and I go by the laver and wash my face and my hands and my feet. And then I go into the next place and I bow before the bread, I bow before the, 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 uh, the menorah, and I go to the altar of incense and I take the frankincense from the altar of incense and I put them in the censer. Now we're into something else. Now we're creating holy smoke. And holy smoke is not, is not the same as glory. Holy smoke is worship. Now I've created this holy censer, and in order for me to get to God, if I was an Old Testament high priest, I'd have to get on my knees. There's no door. The veil is 14 inches thick, so I can't, I can't crawl through it, and I have to crawl under it. And the Bible says if I don't do this the whole time and wave that censer around me, I will die. So here's what I'm doing. I'm on my knees. I'm humbling. I'm in a place of worship. I'm swinging the censer. I'm swinging my salvation. That's where the ember came from, the brazen altar. I'm swinging my worship. That's where, that, that's where the prayers came by, the altar of incense. And as I swing that around, I can approach the mercy seat of God. And if I could take the blood that I got off of that altar and throw it on the mercy seat, all of the sins of Israel were forgiven. All of them. I didn't have to call them out. I didn't have to roll call the names. If I can just get to the mercy seat, when I get to the mercy seat, all of the sins of the people were forgiven. And that is what we call worship. And let me tell you something, that when we stay full of oil, that means we gotta stay in the word, we gotta stay in the spirit, walking in the spirit, and we've got to stay in prayer. Those three things keep my reservoir full, and then when we worship, you know what worship is supposed to do? Draw men to God. That means if I come in here and I'm full of the word, I know I talk about the old saints a lot, but they really inspired me. Um, if I come in here full of the word, I know some old saints that would come in the door with a shout. 
Have you ever met anybody like that? It's like they couldn't wait to get to church. They come in, their hands shaking. They come in there, they're, woo, we're at the house of God tonight. I can't wait to get here. Brother. Everybody was brother and sister in those days. You know, brother, I can't, wait to be, I can't wait to get here. And they'd sing a, they'd sing a song. And there was a man, when I, when, I, when I was a little boy, I was probably five or six years old. His name was Ledbetter. His last name was Ledbetter. I don't even know his first name. But he stood in the choir at Smyrna Church of God in Smyrna, Georgia. And he stood in the choir and he sang with the biggest smile on his face. And I used to think, if that's good. God, I want it. I was a kid, but I thought if that's if that's what God does for you, I want to be happy like that man. His worship made me hungry for God as a little boy. And we moved to Greenville, Tennessee, where I was born, and we started attending the Bridges Chapel Church of God. And you've heard me talk about that old farmer they called Half Done. He's a great big man, wore overalls and a coat over his overalls, like a church coat over his overalls. He was he is several hundred pounds, and he would, when he shouted, the floor would shake. But but I looked at that. He looked like a giant to me. And I was a little kid, and I wanted to sit right by him. And my parents let me. He sat on the front row. And I would sit as a little kid. And when half done, they called him half done. When he would get happy, he would start shouting and moving his hands. And I'd look up at him. I was a little kid. I was probably eight, nine years old. I'd look up at him and say, if that's God, that's what I want. I'll, I want that for the rest of my life. I want that kind of joy. I mean, this, he was an old farmer, but when he prays, he had a smile from ear to ear. I don't know what's happened to smiling praise. Everybody's got that frowny face praise now. You might know what I'm talking about. It's like we've gotten so serious. It's like, it's like you know, people don't think we're spiritual if we're not real, you know, get that about to cry face. No, there's got to be some joy in that. There's joy in serving Jesus. That's why the apostle Peter said, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory in 1 Peter 5 and 8. He said it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. If we want the glory, we got to bring the joy with us. That's what's going to bring the glory back. It's got to be when God's people are hungry for more of God and ready for more of God. And listen, we don't need to worry about what the church is doing. You don't need to worry about who participated and who didn't show up and who's still sitting at home. You don't need to worry about that. It's about you. You can, be, you can have camp meeting all by yourself. It's about you being full of the Holy Spirit. If you are the only one, and I know that's never going to happen here because we're a worshiping church, but if you were the only one that came in and worshiped and you had read your Bible and you were full, I'm telling you the preacher could, whatever he preaches, you're going to get what you came for. You're going to walk out of there with the glory of God on you. You're going to walk out there with the presence of the Holy Spirit. You're going to get something even out of a dead, dry sermon. You're going to get something out of it because you it's where you are with God. Being spirit-filled is about relationship. It's about me walking with the Holy Ghost. He is my comfort. He is my friend. He's my parakletos. He's in me and he's around me. He's going before me and walking behind me. I am saturated with his presence. That's what being spirit-filled is about. So my message to you tonight is don't lose your oil. Don't fake it till you make it. Don't do that. Don't settle for that. Don't lose your oil. Get 
back in the flow. Get full of the word. Get full of prayer and get your joy back. You're never going to get your praise back until you get your joy back. you got to get that first. When you get your joy back, your praise will be back. It's going to happen automatically because you'll say like Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train has filled the temple and woe is me. That's all you can say in the presence of God when you are full of the Holy Ghost. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.